Well, kia ora, hello and welcome to the Coast Vineyard Podcast. Whether you're a regular or a first-time listener, it's so good to have you listening in. We hope and pray that wherever you may find yourself at today, that the message that you're about to hear would be helpful for your journey of faith. So without further ado, let's get into this week's message. If I've not met you before, my name is Jacinda. I'm one of the pastors here at Coast Vineyard. And it is my very great pleasure to take you on a journey this morning. Uh, If you have been with us in the last little while, we've been um, exploring prayer and all of the different dynamics, ways to pray, challenges to prayer, a whole lot of things. And what we thought we'd love to do today is actually take a look at what prayer looks like through the ages. Now, we're not doing a history lesson. Some of you are gutted and some of you are like, thank the Lord. (laughs) We're actually going to, uh, I wanted to invite some different people within our church community to be able to share some of their journeys with prayer at different ages and stages of life. Now, um, prayer is not always so simple and easy. uh, Those of you who were with us when we first started the series, you may remember a quote that I gave from uh, Richard Foster from his beautiful book on prayer. He said, we today yearn for prayer and we hide from prayer. We are attracted to it and repelled by it. Real prayer comes not from gritting our teeth, but from falling in love. Do you remember me saying that a bunch of weeks ago? It comes from falling in love. And so today, you know, when we take communion, the original communion was, was, came out of a meal, It was a whole bunch of disciples that were sitting at a table having a meal with Jesus. And there would have been stories and there would have been what happened in your week and do you remember that day? And and then within that context, Jesus led them into communion. And so today, if you imagine we had a really massive table with all of us around it, this is a conversation for us to be able to hear one another's stories. I don't know about you, but some of the things like communion, like worship, like reading my Bible, like prayer, can feel at times like it goes into that mode of kind of rote. You sort of just do it because it's the habit or it doesn't always feel super life-giving. You know, it's like, oh, here I am to worship. You know, there's a song that actually says that. Um, you might have heard of it. Uh, but, but we don't always feel it, do we? Uh, and if we just based our journey of following Jesus on our feelings, then we probably would actually um, struggle a little. We have to dig deeper than that. There is an arduous good to making choices around the practices that we practice. And so another um, thing that Richard Foster said that I actually really love, God has given us the disciplines or the spiritual practices in life as a means of receiving his grace. The practices or disciplines allow us to place ourselves before God so that he can transform us. We can't change ourselves. We can't transform our lives. But things like prayer, like worship, like coming into community, being with one another, all of that is us choosing to place ourselves before God. And it's there that he transforms our lives. And so we're going to hear what some of that has looked like for some of our people. So my lovely friends who I've asked to come do this, could you come and join me? Come on up, welcome them up. Warm, coasty welcome. You all right? Big step. Just find a seat, any seat. They're a good looking bunch, aren't they? (laughs) It is very cosy. You know, in my mind, I thought this was bigger, this whole 
platformy thing we're on. And if we sit on the ground, then you're not going to see us. So we have to do this. Sorry, folks. Um, why don't we take a moment, first of all, and have each of you just introduce yourselves, because not everyone is going to know who you are. Just um, locate yourself in terms of the stage of life you're in, you know, um, who you are, what you do. How's that? Good. I'm Simon. Uh, I'm married, got three young kids. Life's very busy at the moment. In fact, the kids are all at home vomiting. So if I, if I smell bad <laughs> or if I run off the stage quickly, that's, that's probably why. Awesome. Um, apologies in advance. This is yeah. exciting. It's going to be an exciting morning. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you're working professionally. What is it that you do? Yeah, so I'm in partners management for data sharing and connectivity. Um, it's pretty busy. Do you know what that is? Yeah. No. No. No, it sounds technical. It's obscure. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's pretty demanding as well, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. And so you have to travel for work. Yeah. So you've got all that Away dynamic going on. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Thanks, yeah. Simon. Cool. Is this working? Yeah. Oh, good. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Caitlin, and I, on the flip side of Simon, I'm not married. I don't have any children. Um, but I work for church. I do um, all our community uh, ministry programs, and I'm also currently doing a bit of um, theology study as well. So that's kind of where I'm at with life. Hi, I'm Chris. I'm married with three kids and one cat. And I, uh, the cat's called Levi, very biblical name. And uh, <coughs> I teach at Massey Uni in Albany. Lovely. Thank you. Quite the range and spread we have before you, which was the whole idea of us being able to jump into your lives a little bit and just look at your journey of prayer. Um, can each of you just give me an idea of how, like at what point, how old were you when you decided you wanted to follow Jesus? In no particular order. I was a teenager. Yeah, probably, yeah, late, late teens, probably, yeah. Um, I would say I was a child. I was, yeah. remember being a year one student who um, was in, in class at school and the invitation was given to us to ask if we wanted to say yes to Jesus and that was my earliest recollection of it. Oh, that's so cool. Mm. Shout out for Christian education where you're allowed to do that. Isn't that awesome? Absolutely. I think for me it was also as a teenager... But I can remember as a member of a young adults group, uh, there was a visiting Australian evangelist who came and spoke to the kind of the youth group. And uh, we were sitting in a lounge, uh, the minister's lounge, and he turned to me and said, Chris, how do you know that you're a Christian? Have you ever had that moment when the whole world seems to stop? (laughs) And for about 30 seconds, I did not know what to say, but I went home and made sure... Mm. Yeah, wonderful. All right. Why don't we just hear, and this is like, any one of you can jump in on this, is like, if you were to describe some of your journey of prayer, what are there recurring recurring themes or um, like, how would you describe your journey in terms of prayer? Go for it. Yeah, so I, when I've been, like, I've been reflecting on my journey of prayer, and um, I was kind of taken back to my younger years when, um, as, as my first kind of introduction to, to what prayer looks like. And um, for me, I actually 
came across my, my old prayer journal, which was given to me by my mum when I was five years old. And it was quite, quite amusing reading through one of my prayers, but I thought I'd just share with you one of, one of them today. And that was, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for this wonderful day. Couldn't spell. Um, I just pray that fantastic day tomorrow. Couldn't do grammar. And that we will obey and we won't get sad and we won't cry and we will have fun. And I love you, Lord. Amen. Um, <laughs> so, so there's, yeah, a lot of fun prayers um, reading back on that. But um, when I was looking through all the other prayers that I'd written down, I realized that my kind of understanding of prayer was um, by kind of seeing um, God as someone who I gave like a grocery list of requests to, um, which I think that's, that's okay because God does invite us to, to share our requests and reach out to him for help. Um, and then on the other side, I'd say that I saw prayer as a space where I could express my gratitude to him, um, which is also okay. That's, a, that's, that, that's what prayer is. We get to come to him with thanksgiving. Um, but I think also my understanding was a little bit more mechanical and transactional. Like I would see, um, yeah, God is just someone who I'd bring an agenda to, and it wasn't necessarily... Um, it was me kind of having to strive in that space and presence. Um, and I'd say over, over the years, um, my understanding of prayer has become, it's, it's been a beautiful journey where um, prayer has become a whole lot more personal and intimate. Um, and especially just kind of embracing more so the, the practice of contemplative prayer um, and being able to, to rest in God's presence and um, not, not have to strive in his presence, to just be there and to know him as like the source of love. Um, and so that has been really life-giving for me. Awesome. Thank you. I'm really glad to be sitting in Caitlin's force field here. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the middle 1600s in Westminster in London, a period, of course, which I remember very well, um, <coughs> I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, There's a group of people who got together in London to talk about the foundations of their faith in Westminster in London. There was a guy who got up and prayed, Oh God, our chief end is to glorify you and enjoy you forever. And um, that became the introduction to what later was known as the Westminster Confession. But for me... It's been a journey towards getting to that point of enjoying God. Because like Caitlin, and I'm, I'm still absolutely on that journey. Like Caitlin, um, my history includes spending a lot of time with the laundry list before God. And even time when I know I should be praying, but I'm not because I'm trying to run away from praying and do almost do anything other than pray in some of the hard times. So learning to put that aside and, I guess, enjoy God is, is at times a challenge for all of us, I think. It's a funny tension that we, we have within us, isn't there, like in that Foster quote mm. of there is this longing for prayer, for being in that place with God, and yet there is this resistance in us as well that kind of holds us back or, or where we, we run away. Mm. Yeah. Simon, what about for you? Yeah, I think I like how you put it as... The word you used was journey, and it's been a real... I was just reflecting this week on what has been my journey or story in prayer. Um, and it's gone from, like, when I was first saved and born again, 
just feeling God's spiritual and, and anointing and, and just this amazing experience of the heavens are opened and, and the Holy Spirit is there and it's all just, it's, it's like a direct line to God. It was amazing. But then um, over the years, I've been a Christian long enough now to appreciate I've gone through different seasons with, with prayer, right? So there's been mm-hmm. times where um, my prayer life's been more about praying for healing or praying through grief or praying for um, intercessory prayer for other people or maybe more good old-fashioned spiritual warfare and I can look back over the last 15 or so years of being a Christian and and go yep God really brought me through stages there and through every stage it's been learning more about who God is different parts of his character different facets that that he brings out and Mm. I'd like to think that through that I'm I'm maturing as a Christian but um, yeah I don't think it ever it ever ends yeah no, I don't. Well, um, I was going to say, from my perspective, no, it doesn't. And Chris, you're further in the journey than I am, and you've just said yourself that you're still, you would still consider yourself a learner. Oh, totally. I don't think anyone can ever get to a point where they, um, where they feel they have some kind of mastery of the art of prayer. One thing is that there are so many different forms of prayer. Scripture tells us this. There are the intercessions for other people. There are the personal petitions. There are the prayers for those in authority and all of that. So there's many different forms. But what was occurring to me when I was listening to my friends here was there's another guy, also hundreds of years ago, called St. Ignatius of Loyola, who talked about how we go through different seasons or times in our lives when, and he called them consolation and desolation. Times when we feel we're moving towards God, times when we feel as if we're moving away from God. So the reality for most of us is that we do have that kind of back and forth a little bit. And yet the invitation of the Lord to draw near to him, as the psalmist says, it's good for me to be near you, is always there. And I guess all of us need reminding of that. And if I can carry on for 30 seconds longer, and one of the things I've found when I've found it hard to pray is praying with other people. That can just help to lift my eyes or our eyes from our own circumstances to the fact that God remains with kind of open arms towards us. So for me, it's really important to pray with others. It's a helpful thing, you know, in terms of listening to the stories is that, um, you know, I haven't invited these guys because I think they're, you know, spiritual giants. Um, I, I just know that they're people who are uh, intentionally pursuing Jesus and and so don't hear any of us, you know, coming from that perspective. But, but my encouragement would be, though, is as you listen, because I don't know about for you, but already I'm listening to different things different people are saying and some things are sort of, oh, yeah, you know, they kind of land, uh, they catch your attention a little more. As you listen, notice those things. Notice what you notice. It's a spiritual direction kind of a thing I would encourage you if you were sitting in my room with me. Um, is just notice what you notice, because those are the things that God's probably speaking to you about. And so within our stories, there will be things that will encourage you or call you forward or just give you different perspectives. Because like you were saying, Simon, you know, that whole different seasons and stages of life and ways of praying, we get to see God from lots of different angles. It's almost like having that that piece of art in the middle of the room, but you get to walk around and see it from all sorts of angles and you see different things as you do that. Prayer helps us to do that. So just that was just an aside. Um, 
the language of consolation and desolation is actually quite helpful for us, or helpful, even though it's ancient, it really does help describe some of those seasons that we go through in prayer and in just our journey of faith of walking with God, is that there are times when it feels like God is so near to us, that, and that we are so near to Him, like a breath away, you know, He's just right there. We would describe those within the terms of ancient language as being times of consolation, we're consoled by his presence. But we also acknowledge that there are times of desolation where it feels really hard, where we feel really distant from God. And sometimes we get that the other way around and feel like he has left us. It can feel like he is a million miles away. Have there been any times uh, in your journey of faith and your journey with prayer where it has been really challenging or it's felt like God is distant or um, it, the heavens are silent kind of, you know, those kinds of periods. Have you experienced anything like that? Simon, why don't we start with you? Every day. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it is, it is real. Um, I, I think for me in the past, I've, mm-hmm. I've, I've had a tendency to be quite fatalistic with, with prayer. Like God's up there. He loves me. He knows everything about me. He knows what I'm going to ask for before I even ask for it. You know, what's the point in stating the obvious almost? Or, or why should I pray for something multiple times? Surely if I pray for it once, God's heard that request. It's not like he's going to forget and I need to keep reminding him, right? Um, so so it, it's something I have sort of found myself in that space of, of kind of just, just taking the, the pedal off the accelerator a little bit and going, yep, I've already, I've already lifted that up to God. Um, and... You know, when I think about it, you can philosophize about that many different ways and sort of think about how much does prayer actually change real-life events every day or, um, or or it's very easy to assign confirmation bias to something, right? Like you pray for something, I really want a car park, and then you get the car park, and it's like, yes, God answered my prayer. But then so many times things happen that we haven't even lifted up to God in prayer. And it's like, well, would that have changed had I prayed for it, right? Um, so so that's that's been on my mind a bit in my journey with God. Um, but ultimately, you can put all the philosophy aside and, and sort of, I like what you said about prayer not being transactional and actually being relational. And, that, and that's the point of it. It's not to let God know anything he probably doesn't already know. It's about being in relationship with him and continually communicating. So that's, that's how I've got through that particular challenge. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because it's quite helpful, isn't it? We often think about prayer as a way of moving God's hand, you know, like especially those grocery list versions. Um, And yet, uh, it's gone out of my head just now, but um, the purpose of prayer isn't isn't about trying to change God's mind about a thing or something. It's actually about us being changed. We are changed in prayer, uh, which I think... That comes out of relationship as we are in communication and pouring out our heart and inviting them into every situation. That's where transformation can happen. But it's, it's gradual and we don't always notice in the moment. Yeah. Caitlin, anything for you? Um, yeah, kind of just going off that, I would say that even for me, this kind of past season, and when I say season, I'm even using that um, in terms of the weather pattern, so this past season of summer, um, I have felt like I've, I've had a lot more time on hand, and through that, I have tried to be a bit more intentional with spending time with God, and I've come to Him, but from this posture of wanting to seek answers for a few different things that are happening in life, and again, I think that's okay, but, but my intention was a little bit warped in terms of I didn't see that actually God's invitation for me for this season was 
for invitation to divine friendship with him and to be able to enjoy his presence. And so um, I guess my learning there is that sometimes God doesn't always just give us answers, but it's again, it comes back to that relational aspect is that he just wants to be with us and to, um, for us to enjoy doing life with him. Um, and so, so yeah, that's kind of been my wrestling and as well, just knowing that we live in like kind of like a, a cultural world where we um, rely um, heavily and dependent on our, our emotions. And I think we often, I, I find myself personally, like often feeling like I need like an, an emotional, like, um, stirring inside of me and that's where like I know that my prayer is effective or God's hearing me but sometimes like, that's not the case when we look at our normal relationships with everyone we do life and it's like you know you don't always feeling on this like super spiritual high um so yeah that's been another learning too is like you know God is there in the silence as well oh take note of that one do you want to say that again God is there in the silence there in the silence yeah absolutely um I think part of the season of desolation that we've been talking about is a sense of anxiety. Has anyone ever felt anxious? I suspect there's no one in the room who couldn't say yes to that. And some of us, I think, sometimes feel as if anxiety is something we've got to get rid of because it means that we're not really trusting in the Lord. Someone many years ago said to me something that I found helpful. He said that anxiety is a place of prayer and that when you feel that, what you could be saying is, Lord, have mercy on one who is anxious. And you're not trying to say, God, get rid of my anxiety. I know, it, you know it's not right. Instead, we're saying, Lord, I feel just so vulnerable. Have mercy on me. And I think for me anyway, that's a, a good idea to keep in my head that God is wanting to come where we are even if we're feeling full of anxiety about all the pressures of life he is there and as you were saying he's still there in the silence yeah, it's that simple the simplicity of prayer but it's the challenge of it at the same time isn't it is that we actually can bring all of the content of our life all of all of our emotions and yet we tend to I think, I'll speak on behalf of all of us, is um, we have divided some emotions into good emotions and some into bad. But actually emotions and, and, and physical responses to those, it's information. It's telling us something about something that's going on. And so rather than labelling them good and bad and I can only really be with God and the good ones, it's more, you know, kind of having that posture of God's, you know, invitation to all of us is to walk with him in all of our lives all of the things that come our way. So some of those times are going to be more challenging than others. But some of those times are really wonderful as well. Have there been moments of like surprise or wonder that have kind of caught you almost a little bit unawares, you know, as God's kind of met you in the context of prayer? Uh, yep. <laughs> You're um, nodding, so this is good. Yeah, and I, and I think... Um, you know, there's been some answered prayers where straight away the next day it's like, yep, God, that, that must have been you. There's no way that was coincidence or chance. Um, but probably the most surprising thing is looking back over maybe five years or ten years and thinking about what I was praying for a long time ago and just the surprising ways in which God mm -hmm. orchestrated things beyond what I could even 
imagine over like a long period of time. Yeah. Um, and that's not really the instant, yes, you know, amen, answered prayer. It's, you really have to walk through some things for, for a while to, to see that sort of change. Um, and, and that's, those have probably been the most satisfying prayers answered um, just because of the scale and how it's yeah. impacting so, over so, such a long time. What yeah. does that do for you as you take that you know, sort of intentional moment of turning and looking back? What, what happens for you when you do that? Um, I, I think it gives me a lot of confidence that I am where I should be right now and, and I can stand on that as, as God has brought these things together and, and I know that those things were meant to happen. Um, they happen for a reason and ultimately just builds my faith. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think for me, it's been the the simple surprise of actually just the delight of being in the presence of God. Um, and I'm going to sound like a broken record, but it really does fall back to this whole idea of like divine friendship um, that we're invited into with God. And um, for me, part of my journey is that I feel like for a lot of my life, my faith has been kind of based on activism. Um, and just naturally as a person, I like to do stuff. Um, I don't like to sit still. And so it's been a, a big learning for me actually carving out time. And um, I'm at the stage where I, I just like, I yearn for the time, um, but devoting like an afternoon where I just go to um, like the hills of Shakespeare and just nestle on the hillside and just sit there and um, just enjoy simply being with God as opposed to previously where it's like I just feel like I've got to constantly be doing something wherever it's like have a have a side project or you know go play a bit of sport or or whatever and so this 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 time with God has actually become such like a a special part of my week that I just yearn for, and so that's been a that's been a big surprise for me. So a wonderful surprise. It's that invitation, isn't it? Often mm. when we think about what does it mean to be spiritually formed or to be a disciple, it's looking at that those invitations or ways of being with Jesus, becoming like Jesus, and doing what Jesus did. Mm. But it kind of all comes out of the being with. Mm which is lovely that you've yeah. found those spaces. Yeah, totally. And even just going off that note, if you don't mind me adding in a bit extra, um, I think um, one, well, one thing that I heard someone say at a retreat earlier this year is that we are to be, um, let me just make sure I get this the right way around, loving work, oh, sorry, we're not to be loving workers, but working lovers. So in terms of when it comes to doing life with God, like, and even living life, and we want, like, this invitation we have to build his kingdom here on earth, um, like, first and foremost, God is inviting us to be with him, to abide in him before we're necessarily going out trying to do, do all the stuff for him, if that makes sense. Um, and so that's been a big learning for me as well. And it's like you, you can give from, um, from that place of being, being filled up by being with God. When I was a younger person um, on a tractor set out to help save the world. Yep. And um, we should all still be on that track. Um, I had a couple of experiences where I felt almost as if the Lord walked into my room. And I just felt totally overwhelmed and joyful with that. But I, I'd, I'd like to take a slight tack and say that for me, a lot of prayer comes out of engagement with Scripture. And it's responding in prayer to what I'm reading when I sit in the morning. 
So one of the things that impacted me was reading a verse in Proverbs where it says, um, you know, basically a son who plows and prepares for um, a harvest is a, basically a good guy, but a son who sleeps during harvest is a disgrace. Words to that effect. And my response was, Lord, I don't want to be a son who sleeps in harvest. I want to be active in the harvest. So it's that kind of responding to scripture where the Holy Spirit takes something and says, this is for you, that is part of generating prayer for me. And one of the things that I think we can take on to ourselves is what I would call unhelpful expectations. And I'll give you an example. Years ago, I was in a um, Christian youth organisation where we were taught prayer by someone who was just a phenomenal intercessor. She knew about a particular work of God in Hong Kong, Jackie Pollinger in Hong Kong, before she from the Lord, even before she'd officially heard, if that makes any, any sense. And listening to people like that who are honest to goodness, spiritual giants, you can think, gee whiz, I can never get to be like that. But I think as we moderate our expectations by knowing that God meets us yes. where we are, yeah. when he wants to, yeah. according to his purpose for us, not necessarily for others, we can be encouraged. Yeah, and even that, that scripture you use, Chris, was just talking about a son. So it still comes back mm. to that relational aspect of like both were sons. And I think God, he will redeem the one that slept through the harvest as well. We're all at different stages of life with different opportunities, different challenges that each of us are navigating. Mm. What, in terms of thinking about prayer in this season of life that you're in, what would be some of your current challenges and opportunities? <laughs> no sleep. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Pray for that. <laughs> um, it's just not having, you know, half an hour or an hour to sit down mm. and, and pray. Like, I start the day very, very early. I'm up at 5.30 and then I go to work and then I come home after a long commute and then it's the feed, cook dinner, feed the kids bedtime and then do the chores and then it's 7.30 and then the day's done, maybe 8 o'clock yeah. um, and there's just no energy left yeah. in the tank. It's, it's really hard to then sit down and go, right, I'm going to pray for the persecuted Christians in Pakistan or something. Like yeah. it, it, doesn't come, yeah. it doesn't come easily. Yeah. Um, so, so the trick is, <laughs> the trick for me has been to... Tell us the trick because there'll yeah. be people in the room going, yes, yeah, here's, yes, here's the secret. I know this, mm. yeah. I'll, I'll let you Simon's in on the secret. worked it out. <laughs> What has worked for me <laughs> is um, just trying to stay in a continual prayer state during, during the day. Um, and, and there are some days where I might have more time in the evening or in the morning to, to, to pray. But um, I, I believe that what occupies our minds is often a result of what's happening in our hearts or, or what's happening spiritually underneath the surface, right? And, and, and we're taught, the Bible talks about taking thoughts captive. Uh, so what, whatever's going through my mind throughout the day, just trying to turn that and, and lift that up. To God, and often it's kind of weird where that goes um, mentally. Like, oh, I need to take the car for a waff. Okay, um, why do I need to do that? Well, I, I'd, I'd love to have a safe car, and suddenly I'm praying this prayer for protection for my family. 
on the roads, right? And and you can try that with with so many different things that you come across, and yeah. just just during during um, during your day. Um, and and I think to get to that place, I've had to realise I don't need to pl- pray for an hour for something for God to hear that request. It's not the quantity or the time yeah. I put into it. Yeah. Um, it's just about sharing my heart in a genuine way with God. And, and sometimes if that's 10 seconds, or if that's 10 minutes, or if it is an hour, yeah. um, God will still hear it. It doesn't, it doesn't go away. Yeah. yeah, That's really precious, eh? And, and so hopeful, <clears throat> because the season of parenting young children is exhausting, physically, mentally, emotionally. For those of us who have been there, we're all nodding, going, we remember that. And those of you in the thick of it right now, our hearts go out to you. Um, because it, it stretches you every which way. But I think one of the gifts within that season of life is this, is the learning that actually I can learn ways of being with God in, in small bites through our day. It invites us to pray our day, whether it's having the waff. It might be praying for safety of the car or going, oh, do I need a waff? What would God say about that? You know, like that whole, it just sparks conversation, you know, with him. And so um, there is, I think, that's a really hopeful piece within this really challenging season. It's really fabulous. Caitlin, what about for you? Um, Two things. Well, firstly, um, I, so I'm a Gen Zer, growing up in a, a world which has been, social media saturated society, sorry, with um, Facebook and Instagram. And so for me, I feel like I've got the time, but I often use that time um, in maybe unhelpful or pointless ways, scrolling the gram or whatever. Um, And I think the challenge for me is distraction. And I would say that that's probably the same for maybe quite a few people in the room. It's like, Ava, I can start off trying to pray or have this time with God, but then, you know, your phone's dinging away and then you just get um, swooped up and, yeah, yeah, pulled away. Um, And so, and even just like the, the, point about you know continual prayer like sometimes I just mindlessly scroll my phone but actually that could be an opportunity just to like have a chicken moment with God Um, so that's that's one I think challenge or thing that I'm I'm working through is you know throwing this away on the other side of the room and um, trying to be a little bit more present and attentive Um, and on the other side I've been kind of challenged as well by continually coming to God um, because he he wants to reveal more of his character to me. And from that space of abiding in him and his love, then I'm more empowered to give that out because otherwise I just um, revolt back to my default setting, which is selfishness. And I'd say um, in my work that's been particularly uh, a challenge and I just was reflecting on a moment I had earlier in the year where um, there was a couple of hours that I'd been devoted to on a retreat to to sit in the space of contemplative prayer and I was sitting in um, this park and there was some sports equipment out and people were just there to to freely use whatever and and play around and um, in that in that moment I saw this this young guy and he was playing um, with a soccer ball, kicking it around, and he was um, playing a bit of badminton, but he was he was on crutches, and he only had one leg. Um, but he just had such a beautiful expression of joy and freedom as he was doing that. But but in that moment, I felt like just like this injection of the compassion of God in me, um, and it was like God revealing his character to me, and in that space, it was like he was inviting me to, to give out. And so the invitation was to just go and go and play with him and so that's what that's what I did but but I've found that like the the challenge is that 
you can be distracted and, and miss out on mm. God's goodness and receiving from him. And um, as a repercussion of that is missing out on kind of giving a bit of God to the world around us. So, mm. so that's another thing. I think the Holy Spirit nudges us, doesn't he? Yeah. He prompts us at different times and says, in effect, hey, it would be a really good idea if you spent some time praying. Um, sometimes we can use a short set prayer for that. There was a guy in the, there's a book called The Way of a Pilgrim, and it was written by a Russian guy, actually, who went in the 19th century, and this would, would have, you know, wouldn't have had modern means of transport, but he was gripped by the thought that I need to pray ceaselessly, and he went all over Russia saying to people, how can I get to pray ceaselessly? And he concluded that the answer was to pray the Russian Orthodox prayer, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And he did that. Um, he, that was his, the conclusion of his wanderings throughout the Russian Empire. Um, for me, I find that what I do is I sit in the morning, got a room where I can go and just, just sit. I have some pictures of my family there which prompt me to pray for them. But also I sit and just, if people come to mind, it's almost like a picture coming to mind, uh, I'm feeling prompted or nudged to pray for someone, I will sit there and pray for that person. So it's not sort of crashing out of bed at five in the morning straight onto my knees, even though that might be a good idea for some people. But for me it's just sitting there and waiting and praying for those people in those situations that come to mind. And doing the same during the day. Yeah. We're going to wrap things up. Before we do, one thing that is helping you at the moment in your prayer life, just very quickly, one thing. Just, just to be genuine and whatever's going on in your mind or your heart, just reflecting that back to God. Um, I got this book out from the library and it's a book with quotes from Christian mystics. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, that sounds a bit wacky, but mystic, Christian mysticism is just all the, the great contemplatives of the past and just their, their journey with God. Um, so I've just started my day reading a couple of their quotes, and it's been, I think, helpful just being able to, to tune into the experience of others, which has kind of challenged me to be more intentional in that space too. So, yeah, that's that. You may have heard about a monk who worked in the kitchen of a monastery many years ago, Brother Lawrence, he was known as. And if you look up the Wikipedia page on Brother Lawrence, it said he has a, had a rough exterior but an inner serenity. So that encourages me that we may have a rough exterior, rough edges on our lives, but God is interested in looking at our heart. And one of my prayers is God just penetrate the, the depths of my heart and bring your light and your life there. That encourages me. Wonderful. Why don't we thank these guys for sharing their stories with us. <clears throat> Josh, why don't I have you come back up? Um, as we finish up, just pause a moment. <clears throat> Just close your eyes, maybe. It would just help you to sort of be uh, attentive to your interior world.
And as you just sit and let some of the things that you've just heard and washed over you, let some of those land. And they're going to be different for each of us. So just be attentive to what kind of caught your attention. Now turn that into prayer. You don't have to use any fancy words. Just however you would talk to your friend, use that language. But just within yourself, just take a moment. Whatever phrase or whatever idea or picture or memory or whatever kind of popped into your mind or into your heart, turn that into prayer and talk to God about that for a moment. Thanks so much for joining us for today's message. We hope and pray that it's been most helpful. If you are keen to find out a little bit more about us as a church whānau or you'd like to touch base, then you can go to coast.org.nz and there you'll find information about our in-person services, online services, various resources and activities. Enjoy the day. Be blessed.